All right, welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, we are joined with Adam Abajan. He is a local investor, similar in age to us. He's been doing it longer than both of us. And I am completely astonished that we have not had you on more frequently. Yeah, I know. A little bit uh, hurt by that, too, actually, to start it off. But, <laughs> but I'm glad I get to come on here and, and share what I know. So, Well, we were just talking. You're a little bit of a low-key investor. You're not as flashy as some of us on social media. And so sometimes uh, uh, people wouldn't even realize that you do as much as you do. And we're just super pumped to have you on and share your experience. Yeah. And, and real quick, before you say I've been doing it longer, actually, I think, Scott, we started about the same time after we both were working at Cup of Joy. Yeah. So... Um, that's a little cool thing to bring it back to as well, that we both got into it right after that. So yeah, um, yeah, good little takeaway, but, um, yeah, have, I don't really, like we were talking about, don't really talk about it a lot. I need to. So thanks for the reminder. Um, but I've gone through a lot in the last four years, five years or so. So I think I can still share a little bit with people that are kind of getting into it or might be, have, you know, been in the business for a little bit. So I'm excited. Yeah, dude, that's funny that you brought that up. Uh, to me, it's automatically in my head. But Adam and I worked together. You guys already know this. Um, but you and I, obviously, we worked together at Cup of Joy at the same time. So we were both in the coffee industry prior to real estate. Um, obviously, I've shared my story with a lot of people. You, can you do a little background about your transition out of Cup of Joy into the real estate game? Yeah, man, that was fun. So I'm, uh, I, I got started. That was really my only job was working at Cup of Joy. I remember I was there for maybe three, maybe a little bit young, longer years. Um, started off just, just busting the tables, didn't even know anything about coffee. I swear I didn't know regular versus decaf, which you might think, how do you not? But I did not. So um, worked there for a while. Ended up meeting the first person you worked with, Jason Pritchard, mm -hmm. sitting at a table there. Um, the owner actually said, hey, that guy's in real estate. I know you want to do you know, house flipping. I see him doing some paperwork. He told me to go talk to him. Jason drove me around in his truck when Jason was barely doing much. Um, and then later on, I ended up meeting another family friend of mine there that flipped a ton of houses. Um, kind of, he ran in, had to cut his finger, and I was telling him what I wanted to do with my life. And he goes, dude, we flip houses ourselves. And I was like, no shit. So we got connected that way. Um, and then he kind of held my hand later on and started helping me flip houses. But I remember um, finally getting my first house, flipping it expecting a check to come in and I quit cup of joy thinking like this is my first house flip I'm gonna make my money ended up quitting getting my first check which when we split the proceeds I got I think it was 1800 bucks if not 1700 and I remember I got billed for my LLC for the year before because I opened it in December and then the next year at the same time and I had to pay 1600 bucks <laughs> 800 bucks a year <laughs> so I ended up after paying that and putting away money for like taxes which was pretty much nothing I was broke again and I was like this is awful I almost went back and said can I please have my job back so yeah but I had too much pride so oh. but that was that was the uh, kind of the start so so let's talk life. about that first deal real quick how did you so you found that first flip while you were still working at Cup of Joy. Yeah. How did that deal kind of fall into your lap? Yeah. So the the people I was working with pretty much told me, you know, do your own marketing. You can find a deal. And they said, just, you know, you can call for sale by owners. You can put up bandit signs. And so I ended up going out and putting up bandit signs, I think every other night, probably eight, nine o'clock till like 11 maybe 11 30 at night which is in, no, in the south side of fresno probably is not the best idea to do it <laughs> Good late thing at night. you were jacked <laughs> i know it was not fun but i had just my truck and this big bandit sign hanger and at one point i was just climbing up a ladder and nailing them up there oh my um, god and it was it was awful 
hanging them up and then driving around, you know, nights in the future and seeing them all ripped down. <laughs> yep. I'm like, like all this time. work. So, um, but that was where the first one came from. I, I, it was actually in Selma, that first deal. And we walked out there. We met the, the seller at the property. It wasn't a huge flip. Um, we probably spent maybe 15 grand on the rehab mm-hmm. or, or less, but um, it was a deal. We worked it out. And the uh, my partners were kind of like, not going to make the most amount of money, but it's still a good flip that we can kind of, you know, help you out with. We want to get you something. So um, I worked with them. And actually before it took them like a week and a half to do the rehab. So before I even knew it, they were already done with it. Um, and I was like, sweet, I didn't have to do anything and I'm getting paid and all this. So it was a very interesting flip. And then I think the next two of them actually came from Bandit Signs too. Yeah. I haven't got anything since from them, but Bandit Signs. Bandit was, Signs was, was the start. start. Yeah. I enjoyed it and it was pretty cheap. Um, I just, I just kind of put a, a colorful slogan up there and, um, I was answering calls during cup of joint. I remember that first deal we were closing escrow and a couple of days before the seller was hammering me. I, mean, I remember six or seven missed calls from him, um, the day before we were closing escrow cause something was going wrong and I yeah. was flipping out while I was making coffee for yeah. people sweating. Oh, it was awful. Jacked was on awful. caffeine. <laughs> That's crazy. So um, obviously our podcast is really geared towards people who are new in the industry. So it's cool to hear that the bandit signs work for you. Yeah. Um, so when you had gone to the family friend and you were like, Hey, like I want to get into flipping and all that, their response was like, yeah, we'll help you. You have to go find the deal. Yes. So they kind of saw that I wanted to, to get into it and I was hardworking and I, the, the, the thing with them is that, and, um, I would go do all my own marketing they would kind of give me some tips and some, you know, some ideas on, okay, Oversight how do I talk to people? What, what script do I use? How do I, you know, underwrite these properties? Um, but for the most part, as you guys probably know too, when new people come to you, it's kind of tricky to say, yeah, let's work together because half the time they're not that serious and then you end up wasting your time. So yeah. they were doing upwards of 100 flips a year at that time legitimately. Mm. And so I, it, now looking back at it, I'm like, I'm surprised they even wanted to help me in the first place because they already got all this going on. And so, you know, and that was flipping houses was kind of a side thing for him so they were busy guys um and so uh i had the family friend and he had a partner and so they pretty much just kind of knew that i would work and do my own thing and so i took their advice watched a lot of youtube videos that helped too um podcasts and stuff like that and just got some more advice that way but yeah they gave me some good tips and i really didn't budge from that when they said bandit signs i wasn't really gonna say oh that's kind of sucky i don't want to do that you know i just kind of took it and ran with it yeah and it worked so I'm thankful for it. Yeah. That's a very good life lesson for getting started. If you go to a mentor and they tell you do X, Y, and Z, suck it up and do it, right? <laughs> yeah. And at least if it doesn't work, you can go back and say, I followed it to a T, right? Yeah. And lucky for you, you got, you said three deals from Bandit Signs at the start? Three deals, maybe four in total, but I know for sure three were the first three deals were from Bandit Signs. Yeah. That's so, sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, so I want to rewind a little bit too, because when we, we had grabbed lunch last week yeah. and you were helping Scott and I with uh, some operations side of some of the things we're doing in our business. And, you know, we were all just being open and honest with each other, right? Talking about the struggles we've ex- experienced, not only this year, but just across our journey as real estate investors, right? Mm-hmm. So let's rewind to what you said. You quit your job because you're expecting this big flip check to come in, mm-hmm. right? And you get 1800 bucks after paying for your LLC paperwork and putting aside, uh, aside some for taxes, uh, your break even uh, in the negative, if you yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you would set a line, you know, 
you you were too prideful to go back and, and ask for your job at Cup mm-hmm. of Joy, right? So where do you go from there? You're back to being broke. You're not going back to your old job to go get some consistent income. You've closed a deal, but really, I'm sure it felt like you were at ground zero, right? Yeah. So what, what, where do you go from there? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is that you're not, I wasn't wholesaling. It was only flipping. So first of all, even if I got another deal, it's still three, four, maybe five months out. Um, and so I had some savings, I think maybe 10, maybe 12 grand or so, I believe in savings. And so cool. I can use that for marketing. I don't really have any overhead. It was just paying for stuff. Um, but I soon came to realize that it's either you're going to spend all your time calling and talking to people and, you know, busting your butt trying to find a deal, or you're going to have to spend at least a little bit of money on things like bandit signs or whatever it might be, direct mail, um, to get some more leads in. And so going through that, I was kind of spending not a ton like we are now, but spending more and more money on trying to get some deals in. And then we would do these flips. I would, I would still be getting stuff. Um, but when the flips came back, you know, um, I'm not making a ton of money. There's two other partners and I'm splitting it with them. And so, you know, a lot of the times, okay, let's say we make 25 grand. I wasn't making, you know, a ton of money off of it. Maybe it was five, maybe seven grand. And some of them were, they weren't making their expected return. So I was barely getting anything. So sometimes I was like, okay, I paid two grand to get this deal. I got two grand back. That doesn't really work out for me too well, you know? So, and I just yeah. spent all this time. Um, there was some stuff on the MLS too that I picked up that I was able to get. So that kind of helped. But I mean, just it was tough. It was a very hard time. It almost feels like right now too. Not as bad because it's, you know, you didn't have as much overhead. It was just really like trying to push and not get a lot of stuff. Um, and you hear a lot of stories of some people like, oh, it took me six, nine months, 12 months to get my first deal. And then there's others like, oh, sweet. I made 30 grand my first month. And you're like, what in the world are you guys doing? So um, it was definitely a big struggle to try and figure out okay, have confidence in myself in the first place that I can get this done and keep listening to those videos. If you just keep pushing, keep going, keep going. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely drained me out. And I remember a lot of times where I was just stressed out of not having any money being like, okay, I know these flips are gone, but I'm not really making anything. What do I do? Um, and so I work with these guys for about two years and I thank them tremendously because I learned a ton about rehab and how to flip houses. Yeah. Um, everything in that sense. And so, and I'm still good friends with them. They're still some of the biggest players in the market. Um, and so the, uh, after about two years, I think, uh, maybe a little bit over, we ended up, uh, parting ways by the way, the very end of that was, um, they were starting to buy apartment complexes, huge ones. And so they already had been doing that, but they, um, let me help renovate a 300 unit complex that was like destroyed and so that was really cool to be able to go through that like hold up timelines and understand money and how everything flows and get orders from home depot and all like huge orders i felt like the man walking into home depot when you're paying like for a 50 60 material order you know i (laughs) wasn't paying for it but i was picking it up so they treated me with respect (laughs) but doing that was was really cool so things like that i learned a lot from and then we ended up uh, splitting, uh, parting ways neutrally on good terms, right, uh, in February, 2020. So right before COVID. So when COVID happened, I was like, Oh shoot, this is not the best time for this to happen. Ended up being great. Yeah. It worked out well. Um, but it was right before that. And so I had, I'd already had my LLC and everything going. So it was very easy, but that was really my first time getting into like wholesaling and stuff like that. Everything with them was just flips. So 
that's kind of when I broke off, started doing my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that those first two years, because you and I, I think we started like within a month or two apart, right? I know that you left first and then I was like, oh, Adam left for real estate. I'll try it too. Um, and I went obviously to Benny and Jason and I yeah. went more down the realtor side for yeah. the start. Those first two years, you and I struggled with similar but also different things. I mean, obviously I was trying to, you know, do real estate sales and you were working on finding flips. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned a lot about the financial stuff. What other uh, struggles were you dealing with those first two years when you were working under two guys who clearly knew what they were doing and who had the means of producing and, and following through on deals? But it sounded like you were kind of on your own figuring a lot of you know stuff out at that start. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is that you you see on social media the success of people making their money in real estate, kind of living large with the younger too, and you're like, and for me, I, I expect the highest standards of myself. So I think I'm I'm the absolute. I don't I know you know I'm not the greatest, but I think of myself <laughs> as the greatest, and anything yeah. less is is um, you know a waste of time. Um, and so when I'm doing this and I'm not succeeding in the first couple years or you know at a great level. You know, it's like I can, hey, look, I'm flipping these houses, but I don't have any money to show for it. So I'm like, I'm kind of sitting back and I'm just upset that everybody else was making money themselves. And I'm still sitting here working with people and I'm not making a ton of money. So that really, I think, just got me down and got me negative because I was just upset that I wasn't able to really be super successful quickly because then I'm like, okay, I'm not the greatest businessman that I thought I was, even though I know I'm young, but still I'm like, why aren't I able to accomplish this? I know I can. So that was very, very upsetting for sure. Um, and having to go through that and, and not have, you know, just not having the money is, is, is upsetting. Yeah. But um, then also you're like, okay, maybe my marketing is not working. I'm not as good at marketing as I thought I was. And so kind of that going through your head and getting you down a little bit, not having the strongest faith at that time too, being just like, I'm the man, I can figure it out, you know? Yeah. So that's another thing as well. Um, that definitely weighs on you. I know social media is very big on look at all that I'm doing. It's maybe one reason why I don't post a lot because it kind of sucks yeah. right now too. So yeah, that's it's not one as thing, much but to talk about. Yeah, and I don't I don't like doing that all the time, and so that's kind of why I wanted to do this too and share you know the other side of things as well. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think that was a big thing seeing everybody win, especially at a younger age. Um, you guys included as well too. I know working with Jason and everything. Um, but just, yeah, everybody on social media posts a lot of successful stuff. And so looking at that, you're just kind of discouraged for the most part, I think. That was yeah. the biggest thing. Well, and when you're sitting sitting there like that, too, it's it's kind of a catch-22 because, you know, you have kind of two choices, right? You can have the unwavering confidence in yourself like, hey, I know everybody's telling me this takes, you know, time to build up. I know shit doesn't feel good right now, but I'm going to keep doing all of this and have the confidence in myself and know I'll get there. But also kind of on the the seesaw of, you know, at what point, you know, do I say this isn't working, right? I've, yeah. I've been in it for a year and a half. I have no money to show for it. How much longer am I going to go before I decide, hey, this isn't for me? Did, did you weigh that at all? Did you, did, was that ever a thought in your mind? See, the, the tricky part, I think, for that, it's a great question. Um, and I've been thinking about that now, too. And so it, I have two kind of perspectives on that. The first is that um, I don't like to quit. So it's it's one thing to not give up on something. But then there's also the other aspect. You know, I'm a strong Christian. And so when is God telling me, hey, you need to move on to something else? So that's a very big thing because it, it, if I decide, if God is saying, hey, you need to move on to something else, that makes me 
my own pride think, oh, look at Adam, you quit, you suck, you couldn't get done. Like all these other people can succeed in real estate, you can't. But really, that's not the case. And so I still think I'm here to stay, obviously, for a long time, unless God changes that. We'll see, <laughs> TBD. But um, that that's something I've always struggled with because my mind is in my you know my path isn't strictly made up by my own decisions that's what i believe right and so if i don't listen and have that faith then well god's gonna turn things around for me and make it pretty bad and show me i need to be somewhere else so that's that's a very tricky part it's a fine line of okay is it is it my decision or is it god's decisions and so if i try to make it my own decision god's gonna show me it's not my decision it's not my choice so that's how i perceive things um but i definitely have thought that a lot of times in the beginning um for sure, like, okay, I'm not succeeding. Is this just not the path I want to go to yeah. or go down? Um, but I think I, I always want to own rental properties regardless. So whatever I do, I still want to have a tie to real estate. I want to own apartments. So whether I end up being some, I don't know, some tech guy, hopefully not. But <laughs> if I do end up doing that, like I'd still like to take that money and invest into real estate regardless. Yeah. So I really do like the industry no matter what. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's that. So. I hear what you're saying about that comparison thing too. I know Cade and I, one of the benefits of having the two of us constantly around each other is that it helps us pull ourselves out of that comparison. I think comparison, there's a lot of sayings like comparisons, like the root of, uh, is it the root of evil or it's the root of sadness or something like that? Yeah. Comparison, no matter who you compare yourself against, it's never going to be a beneficial thing. Even if you compare it against somebody that you're doing better than, it doesn't really make you feel any better, right? Yeah. And when you compare against somebody who's doing better than you, it makes you feel pretty bad. And I know that Cade and I have had moments where we're like, man. And think too, when you when you compare yourself against somebody that's doing worse than you, you get complacent. Exactly. So there's no value to it. Yeah. Because I was in high school and my mom would do this all the time. I was very, she would always have me go to church. I led the FC Fellowship of Christian Athletes group. And she would, I would tell her, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go to church this week. And I'm, I'm going to do this. She goes, well, you need to be doing this. And I go, mom, all my friends don't do this at all. Like I'm going above and beyond. And she goes, you do not compare yourselves to them because what's going to happen is you're going to, you're going to get a lot more just like them. And I was like, that's a great point. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. be any greater. I'm not going to push myself. if I compare myself to lowly people that are on a, you know. I don't know what the term would be, just people, lowly people, I guess. Yeah, well, and if you consider yourself to be great and you want to push for greatness, you can't compare to people below you because yeah. that's not going to motivate you. Makes you feel good. But, but you know, where I was going with it is it's helpful when Kate and I have each other around. Like, we've had moments where both of us will compare to somebody else and we'll be like, well, that's bullshit, you know? Like, I've been doing this longer than them. How did they do that? Yeah. And it's good to get yourself out of that. And I know that we've experienced something similar. And I bet a lot of people... Uh, who listen to our show probably think the same thing. Like I've been doing this for X amount of months and I haven't done what? And this guy who just came on the show started yesterday and he made 30 grand. Like this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. So it's a good, it's a good point to make that especially at the beginning comparison will really make you think, you know, totally ridiculous thoughts. Yeah. I agree. Definitely gets you down on yourself. And that happened to me. Yeah. It still happens to me. I can't lie. It still happens to me a lot because yeah. I'm 24 yeah. and I see 18 year olds that are breaking into wholesaling <laughs> exactly. and making all this money. I'm like, this is not fair. Why is this happening? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and then you're like, oh, they're in a different market than me. They're in, they have, they have this going on. And it's just, it's not true. It's not true. Everybody's different. It's all going to have its own path and all play out in time. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. I think just a big part of that too is it's what everybody talks about. We've hammered it before. I mean, it's, you know, the abundance mindset, right? That there's going to be deals for everybody, whether you're an 18 year old just getting started and, and crushing it and finding success, which we know of a handful of people like that. And it's like, dude, Oh, if only I could, you know, it, it's like, dude, 18 year old out yeah. here crushing it. Here I am. Tw- we're 23, 24, 25. And it's like, but dude, there's so many deals out there. There's so much yeah. money to be made. And that's why I, I think even like our younger group of investors, right? Because, you know, we have all of the seasoned guys who have been doing it for a while, who have been our mentors, who continue to be our mentors mm-hmm. and provide value, right? But I think there is something to be said with like our younger investor community, which is, you know, why we continue to stay in touch and network and collaborate and coll- collaboration over competition, dude. If an, yeah. if an 18 year old is going out there and freaking crushing it and finding deals, what can I learn from you? Yeah, right. Yeah. Bring that guy over, <laughs> yeah. bring, bring him into the room. What pride can I push aside? Yeah. What can I learn from you for, you know, for you to be doing all of this? What value can we provide each other? So, um, yeah, I think really good lessons to be learned. Especially the starting years. And yeah, I was going to say that too. I continuously go back to saying this. We, especially myself, I'm going to say I, I am very, very blessed to be going through hard times now versus when I've got 30 employees and millions of loans out on properties and the market turns and I'm not sure what to do because then you're going to have a lot more, you know, more sleepless nights and it's going to be much more anxiety and stress. And so I'd much rather go through it now when I don't have as much up at stake. Obviously, I have a lot more overhead and stuff going on than I did when I first started, but it's still solvable, still solvable, not as much stress and I can learn the solutions from it. The only bad part is if I go through the bad bad times and then I come out of it and I don't figure out what happened or what went wrong. I don't figure out how I can do better next time. That's a problem. But yeah. I'd much rather go through it right now and I'm blessed that it's happening now. It's going to happen later again too, but at least I'll have gone through that and said, hey, my faith is strong. I did this. I got through it. I remember when this happened, I had to do X, X, and X and I can solve it. So, you know, that I, I'm I'm blessed to have it going on now versus yeah. later. So. Well, and obviously you're somebody of strong faith and you're in good company. Um you know, I've been going to like a lot more religious things. Like I've been going to mass, like even went to, I went to mass this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined like another group of, it was, it's all older guys. Like I'm the youngest by like 25 years. And then beyond that guy, like 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. These are all guys in their seventies, but it's interesting putting myself back around people with faith and saying to myself, be grateful for the strengths that I have that have kept me around this long. Yeah. And like, instead of, I've learned like, instead of asking for less problems, I've been praying almost every day for better skills. Yeah. Like I'd rather have the same problems, have the life that I have, but be better at solving it than ask for a simpler life. Yeah. Like that wouldn't make me happy. I agree, man. And, so, I, and I think too with, you know, I know this is obviously a real estate business podcast and everything like that, but if I didn't talk about my faith, cause it's gotten me through it. I'm going to go to this investor fuel event and we have to give like a, a something of value. Like, you know, we kind of present our business. We talk yeah. about, okay, here's what I need help on. And then we present something like, here's what I can do to help you guys in the audience. And my thing is going to be my faith. Cause I'm like, everybody in this room was probably in that room that I'm going to go to was probably stressing out and still is stressing out through this whole, this whole year, this whole negative cycle. And yeah, I've had stress and anxiety, but it's been 10 times better knowing that God has his own plan and I don't have to worry about it. Yes, I got to pray and remind myself of that probably four or five times a day, but it's been so much nicer having that 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 weight off my shoulders. So I 
not going to sit there and say, you know, I did this, this, and this, and I'm not my better business business yeah. was better. I, that's why I don't have as much stress. No, not really. It was because of, of God. So that's what I attribute a lot to, too. So. I need to jump in here, too. It's important to me that we talk about our faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. went to puberty. Um, <laughs> Still going through it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Voice cracked super bad. It's important to me that we mention our faith because we are not a religious person when we're not at the office and then you know, a religious mm-hmm. person outside of here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, especially, I found it, it super important that I keep my faith with me at all times because at the end of the day, like, our job is one that requires a lot of giving up, you know, ownership of things and saying to myself, well, it's in God's hands. I know a lot of people use the word, like, it's out in the universe mm-hmm. or, you know, you put it out into the world. To me, it's like I give it up to God and whatever happens is what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And it also keeps me super morally upright, at least I feel. Because I think there's a lot of opportunity in our world to really do terrible things to people mm-hmm. yeah. and get compensated for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think keeping that religious part of me active in the forefront of my mind keeps me upright and honest with people that like, okay, yeah. you know, I could totally buy this home from this person for way cheaper but is this really what I'm being called to do? Yeah. What is the highest price I really can pay? Or, you know, who can I help today instead of how much money can I make today? Yeah, serving others before yourself. I mean, every all the morals in the Bible are the same top morals in business too. It's very exactly. interesting how that correlates. So if you abide by those, you'll have very good, you know, fruits that, that yeah. come into to fruition, you know, in your business and every, in your life in general too. So yeah, yeah I agree. I agree 100%. Talk us through the next stage of your business. So after you separated from your mentors and you really went on your own, you hit COVID, that's got to be an interesting story. And then you also added all the wholesaling side of your business. Yeah. So when I was with my initial partners, they didn't really do much of wholesaling. They would just kind of take stuff down as flips. So I did lose out on some money there because I was like, oh, this deal doesn't make 30 grand on a flip. Toss it. You know, that was kind of my my perception of things. Um but once I broke off on my own, now we're March 2020, COVID hits, and I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on now? So that was definitely a, like a, 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 just a huge hit of, I don't know what's going to happen. This could be awful, because um, no one had ever remember, and nobody had ever seen that before. They didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to happen. Everybody was sidelined, kind of similar like they are now, but just not, it was, now it's predictable, like, or at least a little bit more, because yeah. we see what's going on. So It's um, happened before, at least. Yeah, we didn't have a worldwide pandemic like that to where stuff shut down, so when that happened, I started doing more wholesaling, yes, and I know I kind of started to pick stuff up. I think I hired my first employee right around February, who's still with me today, Miss Maria out of the Philippines. She's a, she's a, she's a baller. Um, and so I slowly kind of started to build my team from there. I would do some wholesaling. I would do some flips. Shout out to uh, Michael Zuber. Um, I still work with him. Actually, we got three going on right now together. Um, so he's a great person. I I uh, I. I you know, work with and partner with mm-hmm. very easy going with me. One um, rental at a time on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. One rental at a time. Dude is, is very, very knowledgeable on the market and has helped me a ton. So, um, I, I started working with him a little bit cause he kind of knew my, my old partners. Um, and he owns a bunch of rentals and we kind of just got correlated together. Um, he kind of saw the same thing. Okay. You can work hard. I don't want to do that work. I like looking at the market and evaluating things. I got, you know, the finances to help out. So, um, he was a great resource. I do still do some flips with him, obviously, and I was doing some back then. Um, 
But yeah, I think really I just started wholesaling more, started wholesaling more houses, started slowly building up the business, got one employee, okay, cool, got a couple deals down, got another, cool. And that first employee was doing SMS, doing some cold calling, you know, outbound marketing for me, um, still doing that to this day. And so that first year, um, just to break it down, first year we had hit right like right at six figures like right at 100 grand oh perfect um and so that was pretty sweet i was like oh awesome i hit my first target um 2021 came and man you could sell anything you could lock up anything you could sell anything and so um it was very fun but it's also very tricky now to see it it's not how things usually go so i remember locking stuff up and selling it for prices where i'm like why is this person Mm-hmm. paying this price i don't care but why are they you know i almost wanted to say like you, sh- you know you sure about that you sure you want to pay me that much money for the deal and we were just cranking stuff out so then we hit um 300 grand i was like three oh, x in one year three x so i go 2022 we're just gonna double down on marketing and we're gonna hit a milli it's gonna be easy it does not work like that i figured that out very very quickly um Obviously, the market changes as well, too, because, I mean, from 100 to 300, I did duplicate pretty much a similar process, hired on more employees. As you grow, too, it's not just, oh, I'm going to hire on five more cold callers and texters, you know, to do this. I also have to now yeah. hire on someone to now, like Help you guys lead have. management. Yeah, lead management, you know, have an executive assistant to kind of do the back-end things. Um, shout out to Stratton Brown, as you very, very yeah. good friends of all of us, but he was very good at teaching me how to delegate and okay, why are you entering in spreadsheets every day? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? All of that can be done. He opened my eyes to what virtual assistants can do. Um, you know, no offense to people out of the country, but when you're dealing with three, four, five dollar an hour virtual assistants in the Philippines, you don't think of you, you don't trust that they can do all these different tasks. Yeah, you're like, there's no way I'm going to have them trust them with with this, with that. But they can do a lot of stuff. Um, I got a guy Ryan right now who's out of Egypt, and he is same age as me. Um, very intelligent guy and has helped me out and still helping me out with a lot of executive yeah. assistant tasks. Um, so now he handles all my hiring. Um, he, we're doing performance reviews now with the team and, and he's like uncovering things that I've never really looked at, um, manages all my marketing and stuff like that as well too. So, um, but he can do everything on the team. He can do acquisitions, help with disposition. So it's been really cool to be able to learn what people are capable of. Um, but yeah, so essentially doubled the, the team size that I had. Um, got up to about seven employees, which um, I think I'm only at like six right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had seven employees and did really duplicate, pretty much duplicated everything. And I did 3X. And I was like, well, that seems pretty easy. Um, and we were pulling off 20, 30 grand wholesale deals like it was nothing. And so then tw- it kind of slowed down a little bit towards the end of the year. And then 2022 hit. Oh, that was been tough been very tough as you guys know the market changed a bunch and so a lot of the stuff it's been cancellations changes buyers have been sidelined and so you're seeing that okay you can't just rely a on wholesaling everything there has to be other exit strategies um but you also realize how quickly things can change even if you save up a bunch of money like the, the the year prior in 2021 i ended up saving out on a bunch of taxes Side, but I put all the money away for taxes. So I had this big chunk of money that I'm like, cool, I'm going to spend a little bit of this, but I'm also going to save a majority of this. Thank God I did because that is keeping me alive right now. Um, and it's very interesting to see how quickly that can dwindle mm-hmm. when you have overhead and you're paying for marketing and employees and you're spending stupid m- amounts of money on Podio CRMs to make stuff pretty because I'm OCD and I want things to look nice. And yeah, so you yeah. you 
you learn that even if you make just a little bit of money, um, you don't get to go spend it foolishly. And God's teaching me that lesson. You don't get to go spend your money and, and go do all these fun things for your business. It was one, you know, spend it foolishly on your business, but then also spend it foolishly in your, your personal life. Like, um, as you guys know, I love bonsai tre- trees, but yep. I have 25 of them. I should not have 25 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I told you, I don't know if I told you guys, but I went down with, uh, with a buddy of mine to the, an auction in Berkeley and they were auctioning off 105 trees. Number, we were six trees in and I had bought three. Wow. Was, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I know that we've learned our lesson similarly, um, at different times. I know I learned that lesson a little bit earlier in the business. I, have shared a whole bunch of times, but I made, I don't know, it wasn't very much, but maybe it was like 30 grand. Mm-hmm. And then I spent it all and I didn't have any money for taxes and it was terrible. So yeah. I'm glad that you've learned that lesson. And obviously it's not a fun one to learn, but it's good to share with people that, you know, yeah, save for the rainy day. In 2021, everybody was making money hand over fist. And now as the market's becoming more normal and people are still able to make money, but not at the speed at which we were doing it before, mm-hmm. it's good to have, you know, disciplined yourself and saved some of that money. Yeah. And to be able to pivot too and figure out how to change things around. Um, but also have really, really good mentors and people that you can turn to in those times. Like I'm very, very blessed to have, yeah, you know, personal and spiritual mentors that I can turn to and ask when I have issues. Thank God for that because that has come up a lot. But also business mentors, people like, yeah. you know, Michael Zubers, people like Stratton you guys as well um a couple people i maybe not everybody knows but that i can pick up the phone and call and hey i'm going through this problem i what would you do here i need some help and just them a lot of the times it's stuff like i listen to your guys's podcast and i was i think i was telling stratton there's a lot of stuff in there that like i already know but it's just a reminder like why aren't you doing this you should be do you know this adam you've heard this before this is a common thing it's a fundamental but you're not doing it so sometimes we just need reminders and we get in our own head i probably said a thousand times this year i feel like a chicken with my head cut off that's what i feel like um just running around and so that's very good to take a step back and just do what what i've heard is called a brain dump and just kind of figure out what you're going through, how you can solve it instead of just, because taking action on stuff is very good, but if you don't plan ever, and if you don't take a step back ever, then you're just, again, operating with like a chicken with your head cut off. There's Mm -hmm. a thousand and one times. So, um, you know, that's how it feels. And so being able to have people that you can talk to and just give you basic advice, you're like, oh yeah, I should do that. Or, okay, thank you. And so um, that's that's been the biggest thing ever. So keeping those relationships for sure in these tough times too. Um, has been, man, lifesaver for sure. Well, and you know, what's interesting too with that is, you know, going to a new investor who's like, you know, all, all of my problems would be solved if I made 300 grand like Adam did, right? Or if I made a hundred grand or even if I made 10 grand, by the way, (laughs) Gross gross revenue, right? But, but coming from the standpoint of it, you know, if only I, you know, if I was like Adam and, and if I could close 20 grand, all my problems would be solved, right? But, and and we've talked about this before, and I think it's a good recap. You know, you got to that point, gross revenue, six figures, gross revenue, 3x to 300 grand, right? And then this year, right, all of the problems, you you know, we are all experiencing in our businesses now they're not the same problems that we were experiencing when we just got started, right? So I think it's a good reminder for the people who are just getting started. It's not that all of the problems 
go away. The problems just change, mm-hmm. right? No matter what stage you're going to be at in the business, no matter how much money you make, no matter how many deals you close, you're always going to have problems. But being able to surround yourself, exactly like you said, have the network of each other, have the network of mentors, people who have gone through the same exact issues and problems, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel, and they tell you do X, Y, and Z, and you go and have the discipline to do X, Y, and Z, and go. But I think it's, it's a good reminder that the problems don't go away. They just change. No matter how much money you make and no matter how many deals you close, there's always going to be problems. Yeah, and, and I think one thing to add to that too is obviously when you go to bigger levels and you keep growing, there's different problems. You're evaluating mm-hmm. different things. But then when things get tough, I think one thing that, that I had ignored at first and then I would kind of learn the hard way too is like you're that when, when things are tough and you have to dial things back, that does not mean if you've already hired out people to do acquisitions and other stuff, that does not mean now you're too good to do that. When things are tough and you might have to lay somebody off or, or um, you know, you don't have funds to keep doing stuff, you need to go back to the fundamentals and do that yourself. So like I've been going back and doing, I wanted to hire an acquisitions person um, and I've been going back kind of to the basics and going through doing some lead generation, calling people all day long. Like I'm not better than that now. That's one thing too where you, you know, if you're a CEO of a company, you know, them having to go get in the nitty gritty um, and, and, and do all of that, too. That's still yeah. they still need to go do that when mm-hmm. things get tough. And so sometimes we have a little bit of some pride and some ego and we don't want to do that. And so I've learned that, OK, when things are tough, you got to go back and stop sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. So, I mean, every day this week, I've shown multiple properties. Um, that's something that I used to really not like. I used to not do it at all, actually. Mm. And. I was at a position where I was selling, I mean, in the last two years, I've sold like 25 million, right? It's quite a bit of houses. But in order for me to to continue to do well in this industry, I have to pivot. And I've actually been showing people like on Saturday when it was pouring rain, and anybody who knows me, I hate the rain. I showed eight houses on Saturday. We got an offer accepted for a buddy way under. Life is good. And like what you're saying it's like put down the pride that thinks that like i'm beyond that now Mm -hmm. and go back to some of the basics and like you know success is a constant a constant achievement right you have to do it every single month yeah you know if if right now i'm in a position where a lot of money is to be made in the buyers well go work with the buyers right don't hire out a buyer's agent or an acquisition person you know get back in the mud and and do the work Mm -hmm. and as you continue to elevate, like you said, you can then hire back out, but be willing when times are a little bit different to pivot, do what you need to do, and then continue on. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. I know that was definitely something I learned this year. You have to be keep continually, continually do it. And I think a lot of it is because I'm trying to be as open as I can with people and on this as well, too. But like I said, you see a lot of su- success on social media and you think, okay, you just scale your company, you keep growing and growing. But then when you really see the people that have had struggles which are pretty much everybody and they kind of pull back the curtain and say look at the look at the struggles i've gone through i had to go and do this i had to do that i had to work 14 16 hours a day and you're like shoot i'm only working eight what do i expect to happen you know so that kind of motivates me and gives me encouragement like okay every business owner is going to have to go through this so i understand that people on social media and other things show that okay everything is successful but a lot of the times either a, they've already passed, been past that, or B, they're just not showing it that they have to be in the, you know, the grind all the time, you know. So that's one thing too, where I'm like, I, I, you know, people have said, take it easy, need to stop working so much. Well, right now, you know, I kind of have to. I kind of, kind of put the, the pedal to the metal because yeah. it's, it's 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 crunch time. So, um, 
but that's given me encouragement to see that, you know, everybody has those struggles and has to go through them. Um, and if not, you're going to get them later on and it's going to hit you way harder and it's going to suck a lot more and you're not really going to know what to do and you're going to lose a lot more. So I, I'm totally there with you. I was thinking about it this morning. I was in the shower and I was thinking about, remember all those times that I said, I was like, I'm, I'm doing really well, but I don't feel like I'm working. Do you remember all those months that I said that? Well, now I'm in a position where I'm working what I feel like is damn hard and I'm making a fraction of what I was making earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm still doing well. I can't complain. But, you know, I remember telling myself, well, I need to figure out what I can be doing to work hard. And I never did that. Yeah. And I was kind of like falling into deals and it was great. And I enjoyed that, what, eight month span where I felt like I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, well, I'm going to pay my dues. I got at least eight months of working twice as hard and making half as much. You know, yeah. that's just how it's going to go. Yeah. I've been listening to motivational videos. David Goggins, listening to him scream at me. <laughs> Stay hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's been carrying me through it, too, for sure. Listening to that because you yeah. do feel mentally exhausted. And you're like, OK, you have the you have the people that aren't business owners or aren't mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. To, hey, you're, hey, this is really taxing on your brain. You know, you're working too much. You need to take a break. And oh, I'm like, I can't. I can't take a break. There's no time for that. And so even my mom, she's my biggest supporter ever. But a lot of the times, you know, I've had to kind of groom her and show her that it's not an eight-hour workday. It doesn't work like that. I'm sorry if I'm up till 2, 3 in the morning some days. If I'm pulling all-nighters, it's going to happen sometimes. So, um, yeah, that was one thing, too, where sometimes you're going to get the wrong advice and wrong kind of push from people too and sometimes that's yeah. just not the case sometimes you do need to, to put the pedal to the metal and just keep working and, and you know grinding stuff out so fortunately that unfortunately that's where we are right now but that teaches you a lot and then later on you can have that success story of talking about how much you worked and how hard you worked and i worked all i pulled five all-nighters a week for like a year and i got no sleep and here i am now you know i like those you got to have a success story so yeah. um I'm, I'm fine with it i like it i enjoy it and the cool thing is, is you're working on your own business, so you're not working for somebody else. So it's nice to be able to make that progress, learn for yourself, and the results are directly correlated to the amount of work you put in. So yeah. that's my favorite part. Yeah. So, Dude, well, you have been... I'm so glad that we connected last week, and I'm really glad we had, we had you back on the podcast, because I think... Don't say back on. It's my first time, bro. I think we had you we had way you back on. when. Oh, wait, yeah, 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 when, yeah, we when we were in oh, yeah, yeah. the little the cave over there. That's true. But, okay, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, 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 I was here before. <laughs> but it's I, just so fancy now. I, shoot, man, we're trying our best. We got our boy Jake Lights over there. Are on. Shout out, Jake. <laughs> holding down the port. Um, but I think this episode was. I think it's important to kind of you know pull back this curtain and just share all of these struggles because it, it ties directly to the, the main people who are listening to our podcast, people who are either searching for their first deal or have a couple deals under their belt and maybe kind of feeling in that no man's land spot, right? I've closed a couple deals, but what, what do I have to show for it? What am I really doing here, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think the only thing I want to ask before we kind of wrap up is, you know, we, we ask a similar question, but for our listeners out there who are scratching the surface, newer investors, you know, one piece of advice, and it it can be a recap of something you've already shared already, but what would you tell that listener, that new investor, somebody who may be struggling with that, you know, the same headspace or struggles that you've gone through? What's the piece of advice for them? I would say that, uh, especially if they're struggling, it's completely normal. It's completely normal. And for the people that 
that seem like they're running and gunning right off the, the get-go, they're going to be either they've already struggled, they're not showing their struggle, or they're going to struggle. And so if you're struggling in the beginning, it's completely normal. It's going to happen. Um, if you're listening to this in, in 2022, maybe 2023, you're going to have to put in probably twice, three times the work that you did in the last couple of years. That's just how it is. It sucks, but that's true. Um, the other thing I've, I've learned, too, is if you're doing stuff and, and uh, well, I guess maybe for new people, I don't know how much this was, would apply, but I've learned that um, the stuff you did to got you where you're at isn't going to be the same stuff to get you where you're going. So I've had to kind of revamp how we approach things, um, you know, fundamentally as a team and just as myself, how I approach things and how even marketing, sales, whatever it might be. And so that might be something too. Maybe they're not doing things correctly and not having a good effective use of their time. But um, I would say, man, it's 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 normal. Um, but I would, for them, I would try and reach out to as many people as they can and network. Try and be of value, as we always say, to people because you know when, when you don't really have much to add or to, to give to people, it's hard to kind of you know get in touch with them and, and, and be able to really build a relationship. But um, if you can find some mentors that are willing to help you out and be honest and open with you, I think that'll be a very, very good help because then yeah. when you, trust me, and being a one-man business owner is not fun. It's nice when you get to keep all the profits, yeah. but then when you're doing all of this stuff yourself and you don't, and you, first of all, I think I'm a man, right? So when I do stuff, I think, yes, this is right. But then I take a step back and I talk to other people. I'm like, oh man, there's a thousand other ways to do this that I could have easily talked to somebody about, you know? And so yeah. you don't have those ideas and stuff. And so if you're not talking to people that are on a different level than you, a couple steps in front of you, it's going to yeah. be very, very hard to get to that next level or you're just going to spend a lot more time getting there and spend a lot more money waste a lot of energy figuring things out um you know again like like having stratton a couple steps ahead of me so when i was starting out talking to me hey this is what i did this is how i got these are the, these are the platforms i used it just saves me money not having to go try out three of them and just say oh perfect i'll use that one you know so yeah. little things like that um, I would say being able to have mentors too and, and, and have those people on your side that you can call on speed dial if you need to and have them answer. It's a huge asset. Yeah. So that and, uh, yeah, man, you got to have a strong faith. No, well, I won't say that. You don't have to. Can't force anybody into it, but definitely helps out for sure. Having a good faith, good relationship with God. Um, that can definitely dwindle, but, man, that's the reason I'm here smiling when I'm broke right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I Dude. feel like it. So. Um, yeah, that's, those are my, that's, that's my advice for sure. Well, Adam, thank you for coming on and sharing. I know you definitely shared a lot of personal stuff that not everybody would be willing to share talking about the struggles you've dealt with. I know this podcast is going to go really well. I know people are going to DM me asking how to get a hold of you. What's the best way for somebody listening who might want to bring value to you and learn from you? What would be the best way for them to reach you? Um, I'm pretty open so you can give me a call or shoot me a text 559-360-9622 probably text me because i got a bunch of phone calls um or shoot me an email to adam at kingdom investments inc inc incorporated kingdom investments inc.com so either cool. or i'd be happy to help people out but like i said earlier you know if you don't have much to add or if you're not really motivated or stuff or such you know it might not be the best best fit so mm -hmm. um but if you're serious i'd love to help you out answer questions um I'm a very loving guy, very open to You are a very so. helpful guy. I, <laughs> if you reach out to Adam and then he does not reach back out to you, you have done something dramatically wrong because <laughs> Adam will share with very many people. Yeah, 
100%. Well, shoot. Thanks for joining, Adam. Um, Thank you, guys. This will be live very soon. We'll make sure to post this and we'll keep you posted. But we're super grateful you're here. And we're going to have to have you out back on for the come up story in a few months when you're back yeah. roaring and you're on a, a mountaintop. And we're going to talk about <laughs> what you did to get there. Awesome. I'm excited for it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you.